but I was already on the high explosive. Yeah. I immediately saw a force continue in this extremely lucrative life in face of the crime of happiness, more health problems, more drinking, possibly even more than deaths. I assume that's what Paul was on fire at the time of the But to listen to the voice that had been inside of me for decades, this maddening voice followed me everywhere I went. In my college dorm, there was a nearby street lamp that would flicker on when I walked by. Every time. I always said a prayer, thanksgiving. I felt like God had his desires on me. And God helped me stay in crisis. I remember the hours long journey across Mexico City in a piloted Tanner helmet gun car. Taking from ATM to ATM to get more cash. Plus, I said, do that. I wasn't afraid. I knew that God was there. I remember my ill-advised decision to stumble across while in Manhattan, going to visit New York in the mid-80s. Slightly inebriated, pretend yuppie searching for a specific bar in the East Village of Alphabet City. But all life, I should have been marked, but I wasn't. I always felt like God had his hands on me. But instead of listening to this, of responding to that call, of answering God's plan, I resisted, I made excuses for decades, career, relationships, moving new places, and Lord, that I moved plenty of new places. These were my excuses. It all boiled down to fear. I feared God's plan. Not because I didn't think I couldn't do it or enjoy the arrogance of not knowing. I figured I could handle it. My fear was what answering call would do to me. See, calling gets in there, reorganizes who you are. It changes you profoundly and irrevocably. It's painful. Midway through my seminary years, I remember with a smile the anxiety I complained about to my doctors. This was earlier in Dr. Bowman's career. Also, we all sought to remold ourselves into ordained ministers. It's so much greater than our earlier sexual pressures that we had. But I also realized my need for anti-anxiety meds had disappeared. What I feared most was what God most needed. Certainly, when I received the word, fear touches the lips. We may receive our call through that which we fear the most. Now, the other extreme of the call is found in the Gospels. Luke's perfect telling of Jesus' ill-fated return to his hometown of Nazareth demonstrates the prospects and the negatives of call to those around him. The reading opens with the most un-Jeremiah statement. The way this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, Jesus displays none of the self-doubts and excuses that plague Jeremiah, and us, in his time. He's just finished reading from the prophet Isaiah. But his words, which we heard last week from Luke, concern the jubilee year, when death has been happy food, sight restored. In that reading, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, Recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, at first, the Nazarenes are impressed. What took away their good? Which 
what he's been struggling with. And he retrained himself as a gardener. He's now a retired gardener. He's connected with others who stayed at home. Some of them have struggled, but he has been aware of them. They are needed. They stay as needed. Like churches are supposed to be needed. Some folks might get angry. There might be some hurt feelings, but they stay. Because that's what you need. Very easily see a God who values connection, relations, mutual support, love, and we even get into this morning's reading of Paul's letter with the Ephesians. But God making these flattening, marginalized places, the very places where God's not really seen in the the church can come and do the same. In some way, there's a lot bigger and more affluent than my body that I can attend on Sunday evening. But it doesn't mean that it cancels or not cancels for us to be part of that new narrative that God has created here within God's plan life. As in previous years, we had a very productive and very moving distribution of Christmas meals this past Christmas. Legions of volunteers packed up warm suppers for over 100 settings of Christmas animals. I was part of the food delivery and I saw the experiences. We had hoped to distribute food to one of the morning's formal gathering spaces to find those homeless in the church that we need to visit. But something happened. Makes me wonder if that's where our energy should start to go. In addition to our food and clothes pantry, let's just start making regular deliveries of warm meals to find those homeless. Once a month or less than more often. Maybe more than just delivery. Maybe we break bread with someone or clean up after them. Yeah, I should hear this call, and it's a scary thing. You want to feel it. But I wonder if it is not that we call this to be the church and to dig us out of this fear of life. It's not hard to remind you. Do not be afraid of me. I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, 